Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I am in conversation with a Baltimore native, an arts advocate, and deputy director for Maryland Citizens for the Arts, MCA. Please welcome Amanda Morell. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, thanks for, for popping on. I mean, it's just it's just great to have you here. Just glasses. We're just linking up visually. Yes, Yes. It, you got to do that like four times because four out. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> so, again, thank you for jumping on the podcast. And I wanted to kind of start off very introductory. Um, could you tell us about your background in the arts? I mean, it's a storied one from what I'm seeing, but tell me about your background in the arts. It is. It is. Um, so, I grew up um, dancing and playing the flute, um, a little bit of singing here and there. Um, I did go to BSA, the Baltimore School of the Arts for high school. So they kind of make all the music students take part in chorus, which is great. It's great for us for sight reading and things like that. Um, so a little bit of a choir background. Um, my parents were both musical. So that's where that totally carried through. My grandfather sang in a choir. So that de there's definitely familial links to the, the whole music thing. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a small ballet studio in Towson, um, very community oriented, very body positive, which why when I got to my BSA audition for dance, I quickly realized it wasn't really a world that I wanted to be in. Um, and, and music was just that, that safe space where um, I could still express myself and, and, and be okay with where my body was at and not have to fit into a mold. Um, but uh once I got to college, I quickly realized I didn't really quite get um, how being a, a continuing to be a professional musician, let's put it that way, um, would would really help me serve my community. Mm -hmm. um, so through my college journey, which is also a very lengthy process, which I will keep um, for another time, um, I decided to get my degree in business. And that's, <laughs> it's, uh, and that's, it's actually how I also found, um, the urban arts leadership program now urban arts leadership fellowship, um, after I finished my degree and how honestly I learned about Maryland citizens for the arts and learned that advocacy, I could be a professional advocate. Yeah. Um, and luckily I landed with an organization where, I'm still able to practice. I, I do still dance um, and I do still um, play the flute, mostly weddings and church venues. Um, but uh, finding a place that was that I was able to both talk about why the arts and arts education and arts enrichment are important. Um, but in addition to still being able to to practice, um, yeah. I think it's, it's important when you're talking about advocacy and why things are important. Um, that, that you yourself have some type of shared experience, whether it is as a patron or as a practicing artist. Um, the stories are more personal, you know? Yeah. It, it almost has that vibe of those old hair club for men commercials. And I'm not only a member, I'm the president or have you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things. And I, I think when you're in a spot and a space of being an advocate and being someone that's in it, one, it gives you a unique uh, perspective of kind of understanding, like, this is what you're encountering to, to some degree. And, um, but also maybe here's some workarounds that are there to maybe help this person move it along, um, in terms of like how to position their art, how to maybe uh, acquire funding, how to, um, just, just go about it, networking and, and things of that nature, things that, you know, I, I think 
aren't always taught and aren't always provided. And, you know, I gave you the boop boop earlier because I am also a business admin, um, you know, Morgan, you know, shout out, shout out, go hey. bears. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where school of the arts, uh, similar thing. Hey, I'm going to go here to be an artist. And it just didn't work. And the scene of the crime happened to be city. We were doing auditions at city college, which uh-huh. I eventually went to high school for. So it's like returning to the scene of the crime, my creative crime, but going back into it and always kind of, and, and, and I think we did the, we did a session. I was the, uh, remind me, was it the council? We, me and uh, Zoe did at UMBC. The, uh, the, the art summit. Yeah. So doing the art summit, that's something that is really impactful, important. This, this having this conversation and it's a continuing dialogue of why art, specifically art here is really important and should be enriched and should have people telling you or at least sharing with you and kind of giving you that. Come on, man, you got it. You get that done. Let's, let's get some work in. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. It read that you have experience with Greater Baltimore Cultural Alliance prior to your time at MCA. Um, also, I read that you grew up with access to rich arts education. So what about advocacy, like kind of that that initial thing? Because I understand being able to to do it, to do your work and do your art and, and, and pursue your creativity while being an advocate. Was there like an experience that you were like, this, this was a lot harder than it should have been, or no one teaches you this in, in, you know, in art school or, or whatever it is that you were like, nah, I, I need to help out in this way. I need to be an advocate in this way. So it's, it's funny. Um, I went out of district for K through 12. Um, my, but my zone school, so born and raised in Harlem Park, I own a home in Harlem Park. Um, so my zone elementary school, elementary and middle school was Harlem Park, um, elementary middle. And my zone high school was Douglas, well, is Douglas, I guess. Um, <laughs> now that we're no longer of school age, I guess, but my, <laughs> when I have kids, those will be their zone schools, right? Um, and I went through this phase about when I was in middle school and I was tired of getting up really, really earlier than I felt I had to yeah. to get to school. Now, mind you, I was in band by that point. I started playing the flute when I was in the fourth grade. And then at Roland Park, at least while I was there X amount of years ago, um, you can start taking part in band um, before school practice. Yes. Um which I did. So I obviously knew I was going to be getting to school early anyway, but my mom also taught at Roland Park, um, which is most of the reason why I was even able to go. Um, and I just, I, I had this moment in the morning where I was just like, Harlem Park is two blocks away from my house. Why do I have to get up at 530 in the morning to be at school by, you know, no later than 715 when there's a school down the street? And, you know, that, that led to the conversation with my parents about, you know, not all schools are created equal. There's a reason why, you know, they fought so hard to get my brother into Roland Park. They had more resources. They had an active PTA, mm-hmm. a PTA that raised a lot of money, if not most of the budget for all of the extracurriculars. There's a rich and continue to be a very rich theater program. I got to do tech 
for uh, our eighth grade production. Well, at middle school production. I was in the eighth grade when I did the tech um, for Into the Woods. Um, <laughs> you know, we had a little, little soundboard. It probably had 20 mic hookups. And, yeah. you know, I, it was my first true, you know, I'd been on stage. I'd performed. I was, I danced. So, like, I was able to stand, you know, in costume and makeup and, you know, stand where you know, and have people set the light cues, but but learning the process of setting those light cues, I wouldn't have had that experience at Harlem park, you know? And, and that, that was the moment where I was like, it's a shame Mm -hmm. that I, if I had gone to Harlem park, I wouldn't have had this experience. Any, any youth that wants to have those, that experience should be able because it wasn't like an audition process for you know yeah. the, the tech side. It was kind of like, who wants to help? There's costume, there's tech, um, there's stage managing. You know, who, if, for students, and so something really started to click when I was thinking about where I wanted to go for high school. I knew I didn't want to go to City, although City forever. Um, I know I'm going to get a lot of heat from the language. You know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> My, but my brother went there and I, I went through that, you know, being the younger of two siblings, having your older sibling go through school and have teachers before you yeah. um, of, oh, you're, you're, you're little Morel, you're baby Morel, you're Arshel's little sister. You know, it, it, it's, I didn't want to have that again. And I get you. there are many, 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 many <laughs> adopted brothers and sisters who went to city. Um, and <laughs> I love them all dearly, but I was not going to grow up in my brother's shadow through high school. Um, so I, but I really thought about it now, mind you city was my third choice. Um, mm. but, uh, <laughs> but I really thought about, well, what if I do have the chance to, to actually have dedicated time to crafting, you know, myself as an artist with the flute because dance is a a little more I was able to express myself a little bit more um and obviously I I don't have a typical ballerina body I'm curvier I'm mixed so you know comes with with a more voluptuous shape than uh classical (laughs) ballet schools would like um I build muscle differently and something to be ashamed of and of course it's a continuing journey that takes, that has taken me into my thirties to, you know, be okay with that. Um, but I was able, you know, to dance in other spaces like, uh, in church. So with the church dance. So I, I was shaping myself as a dancer very differently and non-traditionally. And I loved that, but I wanted to see where I could take the flute, but knowing that I had those, those experiences and other, children my age were not, um, you know, without access to organizations, which are great, but then again, you need to know where those organizations are, you know, Mm -hmm. um, really led me to, in my, even into my BSA audition, they asked, you know, because the orchestral world is, is very, um, it's, it's competitive. Um, there aren't a lot of people of color and when there are, um, you know, it's, it's even more competitive. So what are you going to do if you can't, this was asked me at 13 in my BSA audition, what are you going to do if you don't get a seat in an orchestra? And I stopped and I took a deep breath. Cause I was like, Oh my goodness, this is it. They're not going to let me in because 
I have a backup plan, which was yeah. the weirdest thing, the weirdest thought to have crossed my mind. But I was like, I know that if I can't have a seat in an orchestra, I want to fight for people to continue to have those things. I dig it. Um, also, it's with the positioning of Baltimore, you know, we have world-class theaters, artists, we have an orchestra and not just, you know, the BSO, but the Annapolis Symphony, Maryland Symphony, uh, the National Philharmonic. We have all of this opportunity here mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, New York is great, but also we get everything that New York has here. Yeah. And I don't have to travel three hours or sit in traffic. It's a bit more accessible <laughs> to you that. So if, if just living in this city can give me access to that type of art, then the, then, then, then youth across, I mean, particularly in Baltimore city, because that's where I grew up, but across the state should be able to have that access. And so that, that, that always resonated with me. I was like, there's, there's a way for this to happen. It takes a lot of work and a lot of talking to people and (laughs) a lot of convincing people that there are, cultural experiences um, that, and again, it should always be available for us to say, you know, no, I don't want to go to that tonight. You know, that should always, the the option should always be up, up to us and, and not like, Oh, I, I've, I can't go because I can't get there or I didn't know this existed, you know? So flipping that narrative has always been important to me which is why I was super stoked when I found out that I could be, uh, do that as a profession. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's great. And, you know, thank you for walking us, walking us through it because it gives me like an answer to a, like a follow up question that I had. So, you know, you're, you know, two for two for one right there. Um, I, and, and I think that initial response that uh, you were describing or what have you, like what's your backup plan and all of that kind of, kind of stuff. I, you know, I think sometimes like, I, I don't know enough about it and maybe I'm not the right person, but eh, I've interviewed people. Um, you know, my experience was such that in that setting was such that, oh, yeah, you, you're, are you aware that your work is kind of like, you know, kind of young, like youngish is a little, you know, this is like you know childish a little bit. I was like, I'm, I'm trying to draw comics. It's like, this is comic. This is the X-Men I'm drawing. Like, you know, what, what is that? Right. And, or even I remember it was a thing about this, this NFL player and, and, and people always make that comparison or that there's talk about those differences between sports and between, um, arts. Right. And I, I look for those instances and I mentioned it in the, in the art summit too. The whole Kyrie Irving is it, my, me dribbling is art. It, it reminded me of this, this, uh, the story about this, um, this player named Myron Roll. He was really, you know, dope coming out of college. He was a safety and he was a rogue scholar. And pretty much in the interviews, um, the, you know, pre-draft interviews, he ended up tanking the draft. And it was like, well, you know, we just don't think that he can play for us for 10 years. And that just feels like he has his mind on other things. It's like, so you want a 10-year commitment for someone who is planning to be a doctor once he retires. And it's, it's just very weird. People want you obsessed in a way. And it's for something that at times when you're obsessed and you should, and to some degree, you should be driven by an obsession, right? But also it's like, what's the obsession? Like, am I doing this for you? Or am I doing it for myself? 
And when you start asking questions like that, this is why like I knew I was going to go far in sports or certain, I got to make my own lane because I start questioning things a little bit too much. And, you know, which I'm about to hit you with a question. So, and I know the answer, but I want you to articulate the answer. Do you think human creativity matters? It absolutely does. Um, it, it's what drives our innovation. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you touched on it. People, particularly larger organizations, those, those machines, want us to be singularly focused. However, and I don't know, probably about the 80s, because by the time, you know, we were going through college, you know, it was all about liberal arts. And all of a sudden they wanted us to have, you know, four science classes like in our gen eds. And it's like, that was great for me when I thought I was going to be a doctor. But when I realized very quickly, mind you, I realized (laughs) that that wasn't going to happen. All of a sudden, you know, that that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I, there are, there are basic, there's basic understanding that we need. Um, Sorry, I have cats and they love me dearly. Um, uh, And, and of course, you know, we should always be curious, but it's that forced curiosity is kind of how I looked at my Mm -hmm. (laughs) liberal arts education. Um, Needless to say, by the time I got to my third college, I was tired of taking all the gen eds and this this school not taking this requirement and this school not taking the other school's requirement. I was done and I took all the easiest courses I could, right? But then <laughs> that, that, that fails to challenge the mind. Now, mind you, in my business classes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and every once in a while, I, you know, I, I ended up taking, um, I needed an arts credit, funny mm-hmm. enough. Even though I was I was in chamber music ensembles and I was in the Choral Arts Society when I was out in Ohio. Um, and they were like, oh, well, this these aren't enough credits to fulfill your one arts credit. And I was like, okay. Bet. Is this percentage? <laughs> and I'm just thinking, okay, fine. So I took a film class, which was absolutely great. Um, you know, but, you know, so, so... Yeah, that, that for, for, forced curiosity does not lend itself to to the power that creativity can hold. Yes. You you want you want people to be able to express their own unique thought. And every once in a while, yes, you absolutely should explore things that you're you've never experienced before, or try looking at it from a different perspective. Which is why I bring up that film class because um, the one thing that was said to us was for your final, like don't pick a movie that you know really well. Um, and I, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, scene from Wally when he goes into space. Yes. Um, well, they. Again, we have assigned gender to these <laughs> inanimate objects. When Wally goes into space um, for the first time, and he has the the fire extinguisher, and he's using it to, to float, yeah, float around. Um, just sitting with that scene, and and to my professor's point, she said, you know, you're not going to be able to look at this objectively, mm-hmm. and I. 
argued that, well, I could. So of course I no, I did not tell her that I had seen Wally. I just pretended like I'd never seen Wally before. What is this movie about robots? One of Pixar's best movies nominated for Best Picture Oscar. What? No. Never heard of that. Never. Um but she um I I just took that scene and out of context of the of the movie mm-hmm. and watched it as best as I could because obviously I had seen the movie before. Um, but just watching the scene and taking context out of it and just listen that gave me the opportunity to look at it just for the music and the animation. Because Wally in of itself is just a largely silent yeah. movie, right? Yeah. But just just taking taking a step back and being able to put myself in this imaginary box, even though I had seen the movie probably thirty or forty times by that point, um, one of my favorite one of my favorite movies, <laughs> one of my favorites, um, and and but being able to put myself in a frame of mind to say pretend like you've never seen this movie before mm-hmm. sit and watch and take in the scene for what it is yeah. and answer the prompt for, you know, what the final paper was yeah. um, without our creativity, without figuring out our own way to express ourselves. I don't, I think I wouldn't have ever been able to do that. And I would have had to have chosen a movie that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. And and done it, and which yeah, it would have been been great because I my my family is also movie buffs, so you know I've seen. Um, there was one movie on that list that I hadn't seen, and I was like, I I don't fit. I this this is fine. I can I can do this. <laughs> mm, that might be a movie series I need you to be a part of. We, we'll, More than happy to. We'll we'll we'll, to. we'll discuss further. <laughs> but um but yeah no no, um creativity is 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 massively important. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I always look at it as, and you know, I like to put things in. Uh, in like homespun terms, it's the seasoning and all of this stuff. That, but I, I truly mean that though. Like I think you go to a place that let's say you go to a new city and you don't see street art, you don't see just different things that are around. You start questioning. It's like, huh? When I go to a place and something seems a little quirky, a little odd, and it's like, oh, you think outside of the box? I bet you artists go here. I, I start thinking about things. I use shortcuts, but I use like art or street art or just what's around and I look for those neighborhoods. I look for the neighborhoods. I look for where the weirdos are at because that's where the stuff that I'm into is at. Um, and, and that's just kind of how that operates. But I think, you know, rooted in all of that is somebody's creativity. And, and I think yeah. that without it, I'm not going there. I'm not going to that area. It's like, what, what do we have here? Just buckets? Like what, what's here? <laughs> and, you know, the same systems stay in place and the same problems perpetuate, you know, the Baltimore city, we've got a, got a, a, a lot of problems that I feel people in our sphere of being yeah. have solutions for. It's just unfortunate that we're still working with institutions that have just existed um, that are telling us no or yeah. telling us you have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing that I encounter. And I, I have a, I have a hard time uh, biting the tongue and cause you know, uh, I'm an analyst and that's what my background was in. And that's pretty much what I do in my day job. And as I start going through things, I was like, make this make sense. 
And a lot of times it doesn't. And it's like, just say it's subjective. Just say, I don't believe this art is as valid as this art. Fine. Or I have some biases. But if you can't say that because you probably shouldn't be in that position then. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a lowly podcaster. Um, so I, w- I want to throw this one at you. And this is more of a kind of a, 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 a it's not quick, but also I don't think you need to go too deep into this one. Um if you could have dinner with, let's say, three local artists, who would you choose to have dinner with, and what would you have for dinner? That yeah, um, <laughs> hmm. I got hate all of these people, so no, 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 <laughs> that would be wild. It's like I have no art people that I like. You know, no, it's it's hard because a lot of the artists that I have met since coming to MCA mm-hmm. um have been have been visual artists sure um and or people artists who now run organizations so it's it's hard separating them from like yes no but like again like me <laughs> have to figure out which hats I'm wearing in certain spaces <laughs> I was having a conversation with my mother earlier today um that, that, you know, really had me thinking like when a lo- I spend a lot of my time now talking as an arts administrator. Yeah. Um, and when I meet people in the capacity of their organization, I'm, I sometimes just think about them. And again, it's my own bias because I I'm yeah. as the executive director. Oh, as the, you know, um, as the so-and-so of said organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh no, but wait, <laughs> <laughs> the, these people are also artists. Like I have they, a sculpture practice, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it was an interesting question that oddly enough, I missed in the email. Um, but that being said. <laughs> okay, that's really funny. So you are, you are getting a little off the cuff. Um, I certainly would um, want to have a wide variety of artists represented. Um, I would say the three people that come to mind, um, Carlo Dupre Mm -hmm. is the executive director at City Lit. Um, Every, just with each passing year that she's in my life, um, I just, I learn more and more from her. Um, And the care in every conversation that we have, even if it's just to say hi, Mm-hmm. Uh, just a mental health check-in, um, you know, and I, I would love to sit down and actually have a, have a topical conversation with her about, about art. Um, full disclosure, Carla does sit on the board for MCA. Um, and so a lot of our conversations are surrounded by, again, that administrative board employee relationship. Sure. And I would love to sit down and actually talk to her about, you know, the City Lit Festival, yeah. um, which outside of helping her with some things for the festival, you know, I I haven't had the chance to talk about the art that is shared during that time, which I know is amazing. And I follow her posts and, and I, you know, but I've never actually been and I've never actually talked to, well, that's not fair. I've spoken with one of the... Um, um, authors who, who, um, participated, but, you know, so just having a different type of conversation with her, um, rooted in our artistic practice and not 
our, our administrative um, relationship. Um, I would love to talk to Megan Lewis. Uh, Megan and I went through the Urban Arts Leadership Program together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have nothing but respect. I am in constant awe of, of, of her work at like, and just to be able to sit with her and talk about the journey that she's taken, um, since we've, since our paths have, have split and mind you, her, look, she has a studio inside the motorhouse. <laughs> she's not far. <laughs> um, but you know, and we see each other in passing and, you know, and Megan's one of those people who, she came to see me in the hospital. Um, I had a open heart surgery about six years ago and she, like she was there and the, the level of care and just the way her mind works. Like it, it, it's one of those things that like, you know, I didn't expect her to be there, but when I, when Megan got to the hospital, I, I, I kind of looked up and I, I was like, Oh no, that is Megan. Okay. And I, 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 I asked Megan, I was like, what, but what, like, thank you. I'm so happy that you're here. You know, um, I, I know, uh, David Mitchell, um, was kind of the, the program manager while we were going through it. And so I kind of texted him and he sent out a Matt's text to everybody. And, you know, Megan was just like, I just like, the bat signal went up. So <laughs> I, I, I didn't drop everything, but like, you know, I was like, I, need to go see Amanda. And I was like, well, that's pretty dope. Um, and that's, that's, you know, those are things that like, you just never forget. Um, and it's just, it's an honor watching Megan continue to grow. Um, you know, it's like, she doesn't sit still, (laughs) um, which is, which has worked out much, much to, you know, Megan's benefit. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's exciting to see somebody, grow in their art and in their business um the way megan has but still continue to be humble um and a caring individual um that third person hmm i could probably talk to shodake taliaferro for hours and hours and hours about anything uh the last time i saw him (laughs) We, he came to the office, um, and he hadn't had lunch yet. And I hadn't had lunch yet. He was like, where are we going? And I was like, Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we went, we caught up and he talked about his, his project that, um, he, well, is still working on, um, at the aquarium. I don't know if he had a chance to stop by or read about it. Um, it was really interesting. I will send you the link, um, for that. Um, but, you know, meeting new people is great, um, but deepening relationships and finding new places that you can go with the people that you know mm-hmm. is a little more important to me. Yeah. Um, probably why networking kind of isn't great for me. Um, <laughs> Another question removed from the list. <laughs> um, but, and I can go more in depth, but, but I, I just, I love being able to learn new things, you know, about, about the people who are already in my life. It reinforces that they're people who are good to be around. It reinforces that positive energy that I feel when I'm around people. 
Um, and yeah, um, but as far as what I would be eating, yeah, what's what's on the, what's on the menu for 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 this combination of four folks at this point? <laughs> um, I mean, selfishly, I'm a big seafood person. Shocker, growing up in Baltimore, um, but like, but not, nah, but like oysters, crabs just just all of it um but yeah yeah so there there would be a healthy amount of of seafood i'm i'm pretty bougie so if i were to have anybody and i i, I don't it's just me just me with me and more me no that's just just all ego right just, just me with you know what how about this sure it's me with the cutouts of the best of baltimore and i'm just eating crab cakes where are you getting your crab cakes from? I'm making them. I'm making them. Okay. okay. I, make, I make really good crab cakes. I, I have a Japanese style crab cake that I make. I feel like it's required if you grew up here or have lived here for more than eight years. Yeah. You you should have a pretty decent crab cake recipe. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. put you on. I'll put you on. Cool, 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 cool. So, so this is the last real question that I want to throw at you um, before we get to these rapid fire questions. And that question goes a little bit like this. Uh, what are some things that, you know, from, from your vantage point, being a, you know, from here, being a person in this artist advocacy role, being a person that is an artist and being able to interact with a lot of great artists here, especially being in, in Station North as well. Um, what are some things that define Baltimore's culture from a arts and culture sort of uh, perspective? So I, I know you and I have had this, this silo conversation, right? Yes, yes, we have. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is boo. No, I'm <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's so much just when I, one thing I'm very proud about, um, shameless plug for expressions at Baltimore school for the arts. Um, I don't know if it was expressions this past year or the year before, um, the students were actually given control, more creative control. Mm-hmm. Um, cause when I was there, it surely was the administration within the, the, um, the arts departments kind of put together a theme mm-hmm. and it was devoid of any student input and so they were like this is the theme this is these are the 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 plays that we're going to pull from this is the music that we're going to perform um you know the dance department you know did a dance thing with the theme um and well the visual arts department had had a little easier because it usually just their gallery work and then usually student work auctioned Mm -hmm. um but a lot of the times, even then, it wasn't quite student work that was auctioned. It was alumni work that was auctioned off, mm-hmm. which, again, look, that to our, that school's credit, our school's credit, they, um, you know, a lot of famous people come out of that school and a lot of famous people like to come back and, and, and give, which is great. Um, it keeps the school going strong. But in essence... It's about the students that are there and their learning process and, and, you know, the experiences that they go through before, during, and, and after they leave, um, how, you know, they carry themselves in the world. So again, last year, the year before, um, Baltimore trap music was heavily, uh, uh showcased. Yeah. Um, and, uh, someone else I went to school because I didn't even know because I was like, well, whatever, I'll give my my annual donation to, to BSA. It's fine. It's whatever. 
Um, but another alum came to me and was like, it was the first time expressions actually mm. felt like it was about Baltimore. Mm. It felt like it was what the students wanted mm-hmm. to share. And that is why people should be giving to the school, not because of who's come out of there, right. but who's there now and how they choose to express themselves. And I feel like even though we're siloed, I feel like that it's that attitude within each of the silos. Yeah. So it's like, where, where are we at now? Yeah. Um, so, you know, station North has a lot of, I mean, obviously the theaters, um, film theaters, um, yeah. in addition to is big still in the space next to the Charles. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and, you know, there is, there is the motor house. So yeah. there's, it's this mix of like performance art mostly, but then of course you have Micah largely visual, you yeah. know, arts school. Um, but then you head into my side of town and it's the West side steppers and it's graffiti. And, you know, there's, you know, there are a lot of churches in my neighborhood and everyone has a house band. Um, and it's choral music. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's one of those, it's unfortunate that we're still so siloed, but I love that when I do find my way into one of those silos, (laughs) it's a different form of expression. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, and, and thinking of, and it's those things, you know, like stepping, um, that aren't traditionally thought as art. Um, I grew up around it. I think it is my mom, not a West side stepper, but grew up as a majorette and she sure did coach some of the, the girls when I was growing up, you know, we would sit on our stoop and she would bring out her baton and she'd show them a thing or two. And then they'd show her a thing or two. And that's, it's that it's community. Yeah. I guess if I if I had to give a one word answer for your question, it would be community. That's that's legit, and that's a um, that's that's been a theme that I've I've heard in this podcast and in conversations around the podcast as well, like before and after. And uh, yeah, that's that's totally legit. So thank you for that. And now it's time for some rapid fire questions. Okay, I've added I've added some since we've been talking. <laughs> Great. Um, don't overthink them. I give this preface to everyone. Don't overthink them. Don't overthink them. Just it is what it is. It's I said what I said. All right. I'm going to throw a, a softball at you because you because you mentioned it. Top three Pixar movies. Ooh, well, Wally. <laughs> um. Gosh, I'm all I can think of is Brave and Toy Story, which no, that, that's that's not the answer. Um, <laughs> Shots. Um, no soul. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's definitely on the list now. Um, but yeah, no, um, it would be Wally. It would be Soul. Soul just makes me think of my dad. Um, like had to stop watching it like partway through because um, it was released December 2020 and that's when we lost my dad and my brother and I were just kind of like sitting there and we were like we got to this point where we just like had to stop we were like we 
We can't watch this right now. Um, we will we will revisit this, but now's not the time. But then I went back and I finished it. And I was just like, oh, God, this is this is this is wild. Um, but yeah, number three. I'm like looking at my. Oh, find an email. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. One of, one of the things I liked about Soul is, is, is so much was I believe there was a Charles Mingus song playing in it. And I was like, hold up. Because I'm a Charles Mingus guy. And then it was like the scene in the barbershop, like right after it's like you hear Questlove's voice and he and I share a birthday. And I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, hold up. Because I've been, I don't look like him, but I have that energy in terms of uh, uh, Charles Mingus. And yeah. my favorite album of his actually came out 21 years before I was born, but on my birthday. So it was See, just so like. Just all of the connections there. That's. <laughs> I mean, I'm reaching. I'm a conspiracy theorist. This is the number 23, but... See, I don't know. Right. Exactly. Right there. Uh, what is All it? Right. Uh, two things is a coincidence. Three times it's a, uh, you know... <laughs> uh-huh. What is your current phone background? Okay, so my lock screen is, if I can clear all of my notifications, wow. um, it's... So I have a coloring app on my phone because we should all have something that's... Uh, a little the canal zone out. Yeah. Um, so my lock screen photo is um, a black da- ballet dancer. Yeah. She's in um, a swan costume, or it looks like it looks like the headpiece. Yeah. Um, and it was it was one of those things that I am. Yes, they have seasonal things, and during February they have all the Black History Month like <clears throat> um, artworks. Um, but this one actually came out like in October yeah. or something. Yeah. And as I was, you know, cause I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm sure, like I, I, I picked it to color because it was a dancer and it was really pretty. Um, but when I started to color in and I saw that her skin tone was dark, I was like, oh, this, this hits different. I'm going to keep this app. <laughs> a lot of times when I, you know, in trying to find a coloring app, um, you know, a lot of the, they're not diverse. We know who creates yeah. apps. Um, but yeah, so, and I just, I thought it was so pretty and it was very um, like stained glass-esque. Yeah. Um, so I, I I was like, this is a really cool image and I love it. And so that's my lock screen. Um, now my phone background is um, a picture of my mom and her mother mm-hmm. um, coming over from Germany. My grandparents served in the army um, med unit um, and we're heavily involved in the cleanup of the German concentration camps. Um, so my mom was born in Germany. Um, and so that the photo on my background is um, from her, their, their trip from Germany back to the States. Nice. Nice. Mine's is a bottle of tequila for some reason. Sure. Never mind. I, I mean, <laughs> July 24th is National Tequila Day. So we were just extending that um, holiday. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. My lock screen is just a picture of myself. Wow, I am I'm I'm terrible. Wow, that's vain. I just realized it. I mean, to be fair, I my lock screen picture used to be a picture of me and my uncle, so that it's fine. It's a normal thing. <laughs> this is me on an empty stage looking like I run the place at big. It's it's not great. <laughs> so, but I just I have a high level of for, for myself. Um Okay, uh, got a couple more. Um, uh, throw out one of your nicknames. I'm, I'm sure everyone has a nickname. Some people say they don't. And I was like, you do. You're just embarrassed by it. Uh, Panda. Okay. <laughs> no questions. 
No questions. It makes sense to me. Yes, yes. Uh, no, typically held for family. Let's let's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crunchy. Just or in crazy. case anybody gets any ideas. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to start calling, calling their <laughs> MCA. Like, yeah, can I speak to Panda Morel? <laughs> say and they will, and they'll give you the, yep, they'll give me the phone. <laughs> yeah, I got to say it like that, though. Like I'm in an Eddie you Murphy do. skit. You do. You do. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of 48 Hours and uh, Beverly Hills Cop this week. So that's the second two are not good. Uh, crunchy or creamy? Oh, Crunchy. See, you get it. You get it. Mm-hmm. Most people say creamy. And I was like, look, you have not, you, you've been a living a privileged life with the smooth peanut mm-hmm. butter need goodness. Yep. No, no. Crunchy. All the way. Um, is art a noun or a verb? And that's going to be the last one. I mean, tis both. Um, I, I think more recently, um, I've been living with it as a noun. Because mm-hmm. um, I was say, there's always been a, like my art, your art, their art, mm-hmm. article, direct, indirect article before it, yeah. whatever. Again, English, not my strong suit. Um, <clears throat> great conversation to have with Carla. Um, that's okay. My my mother and my brother were the English majors in our family. Um, that's, she's, uh, she's on the short list, by the way, for interviews. Yeah, but I, I think like... I think you're right. I think it is both. I, and I generally look at it as as a noun, but I think it's a noun with certain concessions. It's like a, it's an action. It's an action thing. It, yeah. It's an action thing, right? Because what's a doing do thing? Is art, the arts is doing things, you know? It's it's what you do, what I do, and how I think about a lot of how I think about the things that I do. I think of it through the lens of prayer and art. Mm-hmm. So it, there's always that it's always actionable, I guess yeah. that makes sense. And it does. So that's it actually. Um, so I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast and I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out and, you know, MCA, all of that good stuff. Um, the floor is yours. Our, our website um, is MDArts. Dot org. Um, come and check out the website. Uh, we have a ton of programming. Um, with the elections coming up, we do have re- voter registration events. I don't know when this is going to be out, but uh, if it's before the deadline to register to vote, um, you can totally hit us up and we can come out and register folks to vote. Um, and you'll find a list of, of all of our programming. Um, uh, upcoming in the fall, we have Arts Lab, um, which we're going to continue to talk more about community and maybe talking a little bit about how we can change some funding structures uh, across the state. So we're we're hoping. <laughs> good, good conversations, good uh, things to come. And we're on we're on all the socials. Um, uh, Instagram is the only one I can think of right now, but it's at MD Citizen Arts. But you can find all of our other socials from from our Instagram. Thank you. So there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Amanda Morell for coming onto the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there is arts advocacy in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.